Hey mama, welcome to Her Pursuit, where we simplify time management and uncomplicate productivity, all while finding ourselves again in mom life. Does juggling all the things leave you feeling exhausted and burned out? Do you want more balance between mom life and time for yourself and wish you could just get it together? Motherhood can be overwhelming and isolating. And while creating routines and managing your time is hard, it's not complicated and you don't have to do it alone. My mission is to help you find yourself again and create simple routines, all while growing in your faith. I'm Kaysen and I've been there. I completely lost myself when I became a mom and everything felt like one big hot mess. But through simple baby steps and mindset shifts, I began to reclaim my time, energy, thoughts, and ultimately my life. If you're ready to trade chaos for calm and take tiny steps of action, then you're in the right place. You're about to step into the woman and mama God has called you to be friend and finally live in freedom with confidence. That girl is inside of you and we're gonna find her together through her pursuit. Welcome back to another episode of Her Pursuit. I'm so glad that you're here listening today. If this is your first time joining, welcome. If you've been a longtime listener, welcome back. Today, I'm sitting down having a conversation with my husband, Adam. He's actually right beside me. We've been trying to get this going for a little while now. This episode has been planned for a while. It's been in the queue and I knew it was coming, but somehow it just got put off and pushed until the last minute. We stayed on vacation a little bit longer than planned, and then our power's been out for the past couple days, so we are literally recording this the night before. We're definitely winging it, and I usually come back and record an intro based on the conversation or the interview that I have, so I really don't know, we don't really know where the conversation's going to go, what what all we're going to talk about, how it's going to go, so hopefully this conversation encourages you or is beneficial to you in some way. Okay, now you have to... You're here with me. You have to say something. I'm here. (laughs) We've got the babies down. They have been bathed. They're in the bed. What are the chances that you think somebody's going to get up and knock on the door? I think we've made it past that point. Maybe. Hopefully we've been trying to prepare and get things going for long enough that if they were going to get up, they would already have gotten up. So I've literally never had to introduce you before, but this is Adam. We have three girls together. We met as kids. Started dating in high school, got engaged in college, married, and then had babies. So are you ready for this? Let's do it. <laughs> okay, let's see where this where this goes. So we met as kids. Your mom, she owns a gym locally, and they have summer care, after-school care. She's been doing this for forever because we're in our 30s. So we met as kids. Yep. I didn't really know who you were, I guess. I mean, I knew you were the owner's son. I ran the place. I doubt you knew who I was. I saw you. (laughs) You did look like Harry Potter, though, because you had glasses yeah, and a bowl cut. I did have that bowl cut. So we joke about that all the time. But I do specifically remember we were older teenagers. My family had been going to a small local church and... We had been going there for a while, and then we were at youth one night, just my brothers and I and everybody else, but we were in the youth building, and you open the door, and I see you. You're like this really tall. Her mouth dropped open. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, but I was like, who is that? No, I think you had a boyfriend then. Oh, we're going to talk about that? Oh, well. 
I didn't know we were going to go there. Well, I think you had a girlfriend. I probably did. Okay, so I guess we were both not available, but we shortly after that got available. You were looking available. (laughs) We got available and started talking. Back then, we still had phones that we, which I guess everybody listening had phones like that, where you would call, you had somebody's number, they had a house phone. Do you remember my phone number? Yes, I do. Are you sure? Yeah. You didn't look sure? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we would talk at night until my mom, I think it was my, like, my parents were- 7295, <laughs> last four. My parents are, were a lot more strict, stricter, whatever the word is, than yours. For so sure. I had to be off the phone by like nine yeah. or something like that. And then sometimes I feel like somebody would be picking up on the other line. I don't know if it was Brandon Will or if it was Mama. I don't know who it was, but- Definitely Ange. We would talk- Forever, and then as young relationships do, it was kind of like off and on through high school. Not by my choice. (laughs) He's never going to let me live that down. But we did break up a few times. Anybody around us knows. A little bit on again, off again at times. But. We're here. (laughs) We are here. We made it. You proposed. When I was still in college, at the time you were working at the fire department and had a landscaping company. We got married six months later. We did. <laughs> a short engagement. September to March. And yeah, married March of 2010. Okay, so <laughs> I'm telling him I wish y'all could hear the outtakes because I keep pausing and we like keep going back and editing, but we're trying to keep it flowing as much as possible. He's like, just tell them our story. There's a lot to our story, though. There is a lot. I can, I guess, mostly we, good. We can start from there. So, like, we get married in 2010. How old were you? Uh, not just turned 20. 20. I was 21. So people would give him a really hard time because they were like, you can't even drink at your wedding. Which you weren't like a super big drinker. I don't even think you drank. No, I didn't even drink. And so I was frowned upon. That wasn't really a, that big of a deal, but. We really were babies, but then that's whenever real life, I guess, really. When it started, we were on our honeymoon, got a phone call for a new job that I had been trying to get for a little bit and uh, found out, got that, and life kind of started changing from there. (laughs) So you're changing jobs. I'm trying to finish school, graduating with a teaching degree. I went from being a full-time firefighter and owning a landscaping company to working for the largest independently owned billboard company in the country, having no experience whatsoever, and kind of got fed to the wolves a little bit, and you just, you figure it out. Uh, My dad's been in the billboard business for uh, about my entire life, um, doing different things similar, Um, so it was kind of natural. I'd been around him selling uh, all my life, and um, I'm not a bad salesperson, so it uh, it wasn't too difficult to figure out. Do you think that you get any, like, where does your, because you started a landscaping company when you were 16, like you bought a mower or a couple mowers. Tell tell that story. Yeah, so me and a, uh, one of my best buddies growing up, um, we were, I think we were 15 actually, and uh, we were getting our parents to tow the mowers around and we had a bunch of yards in his neighborhood that we were cutting 
um, just trying to make some extra money after school. And it just started growing and growing and uh, actually turned into a pretty big company. Um, we had probably close to a hundred yards that we were doing after a couple years. Um, that went from about 15 years old to about 20 ish. Um, once I started selling billboards, I uh, had to kind of slow down with the landscape inside of it because I was traveling a lot more uh, with this job and uh, driving all across the state uh, five days a week. So I wasn't able to do quite what I was doing before. Fast forward about a year, year and a half, uh, a good friend of Kaysen's that she went to school with um, was dating a guy who had a heat and air company. And um, I had done some heat and air work um when I was a teenager from a guy at our church during the winters and summertime. Um, so I was a little familiar with it, but not uh, great at it by any means. Um, but I knew how to sell. And the guy that I was uh, talking to, um, he, he needed somebody to sell. And I knew I could do that. And one thing led to another and we ended up partnering up and uh, we got so busy with uh, heat and air company. Um, I decided to leave that billboard company that I was working at. Um, and go full-time into heating and air. And that was uh, a big life change for us. <laughs> I went from basically having a somewhat guaranteed income um, to going day by day, uh, as any self-employed person does, wondering uh, what kind of income you're going to make that week, if you're going to be able to buy groceries or pay your rent or pay your house payment, whatever you're doing. Um, self-employment and that's what I've always enjoyed and even with the landscaping company that's I knew that that's where I belonged is working for myself uh, doing what I wanted when I wanted <laughs> okay so is it weird by the way let me ask you this is it weird to have me who is not like that like in the however many years that you we've known each other I've never done anything like what I'm doing now. So what's it been like to see me kind of step out into your territory, I guess, like what you're really good at doing your own thing and creating your own thing and being your own boss and basically starting something from nothing. It's been cool. I've, uh, I've been amazed at what you've been able to do in a short time. You've definitely put all that you've got into it. Um, I know. Everybody listening to this has no idea how much time it requires to actually put together a podcast and all the content that she puts out every day. Um, I do a lot of content with my company now, but it's uh, not nearly what it should be. And the amount that she's putting out, it's, uh, it's a lot of work. Plus, raising these three little babies we have, it's not an easy job. So, we were talking about whenever you got into heating and air. Some like shortly after that, we decided, okay, we're ready to have a baby. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna try to have a baby. And I don't know how you thought, but I thought that just because we decided we were ready, that once we started trying, that it would just happen. It didn't work like that, though. No. And so we tried for was it close to a year? Yeah. Over a year? A little over a year. It was a long time, and. Struggled to get pregnant with her. We had to do some tests, all those things. I've shared some of that on the show before, and it really wasn't easy. I feel like we kind of dealt with that in two different ways. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that's probably normal for men and women to 
process that in different ways. But I, that was obviously very, very difficult for me. How did you, I mean, like. Well, it was hard, hard watching. Um, it obviously didn't affect me quite as bad because it's not inside my body that was having an issue with getting pregnant. So I wasn't dealing with it the same way. It was more or less listening and um, trying to help you and understand what was going on when none of us really knew that was kind of the difficult part. Yeah. And you're like a fixer and you, like, if I tell you I need something done or I want something done, or this is how you, this is what you can do to fix this, you will do it. Yeah. And I think that the struggle there is like, there's just nothing. No control. That you could do. There was nothing anybody could do. And it was just literally like a waiting game. (laughs) For for sure. Wasn't fun. So we did end up getting pregnant with our first little baby girl. And... Mm -hmm. I was asking him before, so I was going to explain how we did the gender reveal because this is like the year of 2013, the year of Pinterest. And like I've shared, I was... Everything had to be perfect. I I know. They know that. I share that I struggle with perfectionism. I'm a little bit better than I used to be, but yes, I wanted everything to be perfect. And I thought that if I could just do it a certain way, then, you know, it just, it would be how it was supposed to be. And... So we had the the Pinterest idea of the balloon. We filled it with confetti. We were talking about the gender reveal prior, and he's like, I don't remember that. I don't. But I don't do you remember, remember the that. black balloon? And Carly helped us fill it with like, we couldn't find the confetti, so we got the tissue paper. And literally, she and I cut it into squares and somehow stuffed it into the balloon. And then we had all of our family and friends. Did we pop it? Yeah. In front of all of our family. I remember the party, but I don't remember the balloon. Well, we I found we did out a cake. We found out that was Emmy. Was because it? remember, Ava had the cake beside her. The one that you cut. Yeah, M and M's came out. Yeah, so the first one was a black balloon. We had literally this. It wasn't a tiny house by any means. It was a modest, decent sized house, but it was packed with like friends, family, church people, everybody there to like see. Everybody this, cares about the first kid. The first. The third one, it starts uh, Our kids fading might out. listen to this one day. You can't say that. It's not true, babies. It's not true. Um, but everybody was there. We had found out prior because we had the ultrasound picture. Because th- you couldn't wait. I think I was about to say, I think we were supposed to wait and find out with everybody else. I wanted to wait until it was born. But- no, we couldn't. No, that was no, not even you a, couldn't. That you was couldn't a possibility. Okay, Only you're you. you're talking to moms here. The moms be patient, moms. There are moms that are that agree with me because you have to like pick things out and paint the nursery. And now things are a lot more gender neutral. Like people could probably go today and not find out, but like back then, everything was still very much like bright pink, baby blue. And really the only middle was like yellow. There were no like neutral colors back in 2014. So anyways, we find out that she's a girl. Do you remember, like, did you have any immediate reaction? I know I already knew she was a girl. And then when we popped the balloon in front of everybody, you would think my, we have the, we have it on video. You would think my reaction that I didn't know because I like freaked out all over again. Just so excited because I really, really wanted a girl. I really didn't care at the time. Um, I thought that if it was a boy or a girl, I would be perfectly content either way. Um, when I found out it was a girl, I was obviously very excited. I, felt that I'd probably be a little hard on a little boy. 
And uh, a little girl would kind of mellow me out a little bit and the softer side that you don't see a whole lot. Um, so <laughs> I'm laughing because that's true. Like you, you have such a hard time getting onto them sometimes. And I'm like, I have to be the bad guy a lot. You discipline them, but yes, I'm definitely I the. I have a lot of expectation out of a little bull. I think boys more than a girl. I have a little more tender heart for girls than I would if we had had a boy. Okay. So we, I go nine months over nine months because it was past her due date. I finally go into labor. You had, you were working somewhere doing some job and you had been putting it off for a couple of days because I was around my due date or postponing it at least or. Yeah. Installing an air conditioner about 30, 45 minutes away from where we live, the opposite direction of the hospital, <laughs> of course, but get a call. I don't even know if it was it from you. I don't remember. Uh, I think you were with my mom. I was with my mom and your mom. Yeah. I don't remember who called me. Somebody called and said, you need to go to the hospital. And we were at a job and I was literally in a closet and underneath a house standing in a hole in this house had an air conditioner ripped out and hop in my truck and leave these folks and just run a hundred miles an hour to the hospital. Cause had no idea what to expect or what was going on. I didn't know what to expect either. I just knew I was in pain. I was having contractions all the way to the hospital and your mom has this video of me where they put me in the car because you weren't even there. Like they got me not in the car, in the rolling, what's it called? Wheelchair. Wheelchair. And your mom has this video and I'm like leaning and the nurse like thinks that the baby's about to come because she's like, she's leaning to the side. Y'all got to get her in there. She's leaning to the side. But that was before we knew how dramatic you were. No. I thought you were going to say how dramatic Ava is because she – did not like it took forever for me to labor. I labored like all night. If y'all knew Ava, you would know exactly <laughs> how the delivery went. She was stubborn, like would not come down, descend. And so then at like probably 1 a.m., 2 a.m., I don't know, I'd pushed for after I was fully dilated, ready to go. I pushed for I think over an hour. And then it was longer than that. They. Or like he decided that we needed to have a C-section. So I don't know that I've ever asked you this, but how did you feel in that moment where they had told us that her head was hitting my pelvis? And I think. Yeah. So at the time there was, I mean, it was kind of chaotic in there um, because they made it. (laughs) They were from what they were telling us and what was going on. There was just a lot of people coming in and out and making things seem uh, kind of scary at the moment. And not really sure of what's going on, if the baby's okay. Um, Kaysen was okay at the moment, um, but not really knowing that a C-section was about to happen before that. But when they come in, they give you the paperwork, all the stuff you're signing and rolling you down the hallway and just trying to get you prepped and ready. And it was definitely a, a scary time at the moment. Um, I wasn't too concerned about you know her health and something not going right or wrong. But um, I was nervous for her and how she was feeling, the baby, um, just unsure of what was going to happen in the next few minutes. It's just a really quick process. And once you got back there, it was over and 
five, 10 minutes, you know? So it was yeah. quick. Yeah, it was crazy. Like they literally, it was like she would just bam, like out. It was crazy. I remember the doctor right there and they had a student that was right there and he was basically practicing on you. And I was just staring like, was this a joke right now? It's like, why is the doctor not doing this? And, uh, I remember that. Kayla, no. You kept it, all the medicine they were giving you wasn't working because you were so. I was panicked. So panicked. The anesthesiologist was like, I can't give her anything else. Yeah. So it was. It was scary. I'm laughing, but I'm laughing because I remember we, we kind of joke about it now, but I remember. So like I've shared my birth story on here and as I shared, Adam goes with her to the nursery and I was left, you know, in the delivery room and they're sewing me up. And I forgot to tell this in the original like birth story, but I remember I told you that he told the student not to do it that way next time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm laying there because I'm still conscious and can hear. And I'm like, wait, what did he just do that he wasn't supposed to do like that for the next time? I totally forgot there was like a resident in there or something. Yeah, there's a couple of them. Okay, so yeah, she came out was healthy and everything turned out to be fine. Everything was fine. Whenever I was, you brought me my baby, our baby. Everything was well, right got, with the world. I, you got to see her right after she came out. I did. You put her to my face. They let you put her down to my cheek for yep. a, a couple seconds. Yeah, that <laughs> like. was that was a sweet moment. And um, then. She had to go to the nursery to get checked out, and family got to see her through the window, and then you wheeled her back to me, um, and I got to hold her for the first time. Yep. In the middle of the night, and boy, was that a night. Yeah. Well- She did not sleep at all. It wasn't even just that night. It was like those first few weeks and months that was- (laughs) I'm not trying to be bougie, but they don't make uh, the hospitals for- guys to sleep or sit or if they do they're much shorter than i am so it uh not the best accommodations i didn't just get cut open but uh not sleeping and having a little chair to sleep on everybody gives him such a hard time that he even says that and i know all the moms listening right now you're rolling your eyes so it's okay he they don't know what they don't know but i'm sure you're not the only husband that complains about the sleeping arrangements they're not i'm not i've heard it from a lot of guys so (laughs) Okay, so we get home. We have no idea what we're doing with a baby. We knew a little bit. We weren't that. No, but I mean, we literally got home and you reached for a different cabinet. I don't know if it was sleep deprivation or just like we got to the house and we acted like we didn't know how to function. Like you were looking for a bowl or a cup in the plate cabinet and like. I don't remember that. (laughs) I didn't sleep for three days. so Yeah, we were there. I mean, when you have a C-section, you have to be there for a long time. I think it was more than three days. Yeah. But we did have a, a nurse that stepped in, I think, on the through the last night or the night before. And Loretta. Yeah, Miss Loretta. She was an angel. And she took that screaming baby, and <laughs> I think it was about two hours, three hours. I was dead to the world. Okay, so I know this is probably hard to explain, but what's it like, like when you're holding your baby? I know, I know it's not like just your first baby, but when you're holding – this newborn in your arms and now you're leaving the hospital, you've gotten home and you just have to like make sure that it lives and <laughs> stays alive and sleeps and is taken care of. Yeah. Like I wasn't nervous about that. I'm, you know, our family's really big and we've had a lot of babies that I felt like that 
I had a good sense of what to do. And uh, our parents were very helpful in that. Yeah. So it, it didn't feel that difficult. And You weren't awkward at all. Like you're a natural – you, but even like your little cousins, like you were saying, you've got younger cousins and you help take care of them. And like you have your younger brother who's a good bit younger than yeah, you. And Ten years, nine years younger. So I've but, changed a lot of diapers before <laughs> I had a baby. So it, it was nothing new. Yeah, so. you really were natural, which was – I don't know. I guess I didn't really expect anything different, but – it just you kind of just like stepped into this role. I feel like very naturally and like I guess how you do everything in life, just like cool, <laughs> calm, and collected. And I'm over here freaking out like I always do about everything. Yeah. So how did you like explain? Because I know I'm not the only one who has like struggled with postpartum and or like recovering from a C-section. How do you like? As a dad, as a father, as a husband, how do you... I didn't know what that was. I didn't really... I don't think I really knew what it was either at the time. I think I'd heard the term before, but I didn't really know what that meant. I've always taken depression as Suicidal. Yeah, like you just don't want to live anymore. And some people do feel that way, but not everybody feels that way. Yeah. I've never had anxiety or anything of that nature, so relating to that is not easy for me. Well, then at the time, you really didn't understand. And I'd, I'd struggle with anxiety for, I mean, since we yeah, were teenagers, I mean, I'd, you knew. I'd, I'd known of your anxiety, but that's. But you did it, not understand what at it the was time. about was didn't make any sense to me. So it wasn't it. Uh, I'm not the most empathetic person in the world and trying to figure out what's going on, like you said, trying to want to fix stuff and not really able to fix anything. And um, that was the difficult part was you didn't, uh, I don't know. It just. It probably seemed like a simple fix to yeah, you in a way. It's, it's very easy looking back now to say, or how I thought was just don't think about that. Don't, it doesn't, <laughs> you, there's no need to even think about that. It's not rational. It doesn't make any sense, but at the time it's probably not the best thing to say. So. When for the person struggling, it yeah yeah for sure it does feel like it could right. happen or is right. is happening or whatever like it's how it is how you feel right. Thankfully, I don't really know what sh- what shifted for you, but you have in the past twelve years yeah come I, to understand it a little bit better. I don't I don't really know when it shifted. Honestly, I think it was I think it was after your car wreck with Emmy. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of where I. Just kind of really understood, or not understood, but kind of saw it for what it was. And mm-hmm. it just, it, I didn't think you were intentionally doing anything mm-hmm. before. I, I mean, there was times where I was like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. This doesn't make any sense. I don't think I ever said that, but. Well, it was probably frustrating. And I'm sure a lot of men feel that way. It's like, because of the way that stereotypically most men think, I think that it's like, like we've said, you want to fix things. It's frustrating when it seems like a simple, easy fix. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's, you just. It, to a, a rational mind at the time, it is it is an easy fix, but that's not the mindset that, I mean, I only have your experience. That's not where you were at the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, 
as simple as saying that. So like, did you think that, cause I've had mama on the show, I had an interview, a mother's day interview with my mom. You can go back and listen to that. And we kind of dive into a little bit there about her really encouraging me to um, reach out for help and tell my OB that I was struggling and I ended up getting on medication, all these things. But was it something that you ever were like in the moment? Did you ever think she needs help from somebody else? She needs to talk to a doctor. She needs to talk to someone. Sure. Yeah. But it's in that moment, if you telling your wife or your girlfriend (laughs) or whoever you're with, it's just, that's just had a baby. Yeah. That's (laughs) just had a baby. You need some medicine or something of that nature. That's, that's, well, that's definitely not. Yeah, that's not the best way of handling something. Did you think that that would help, though? Oh, for sure. I knew it would because you just you just needed to calm your mind down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was just racing twenty four seven. So, well, it was triggered from a very traumatic was traumatic for me that the the surgery and everything. I think was the yeah the biggest trigger. Yeah, well, and from. The previous anxiety that you had before the baby, you know, it didn't, that didn't go away. Right. So I think that just piled and piled and piled. Just made it worse. I've, I've talked about that here. And then, so I did end up reaching out to the OB, got on medicine. Was it like night and day after a little while after I got adjusted to it? Well, it was, there was a period of transition. You didn't want to take it. Well, but I did. And there was a transition period of, yeah, figuring out the dosage and getting it. How you, I mean, so you didn't feel completely out of it yeah. and were able to function and communicate. I mean, because it, it makes you feel like for me, if I was taking too high of a dose, it made me feel just kind of like numb right. in like the opposite spectrum for anybody listening who either doesn't have experience with that or you just aren't sure. And so there's like a sweet spot that you have to get it dialed into where it's like working just right and you still, you know, are yourself and you're not like totally numbed out, but you're also not like panicked and, and anxious. So, it was probably because that was up to over a year because I remember by year I felt a little bit more like myself. And then after that, like when I'm trying to remember how we decided we wanted another kid, like because they're close in age. <laughs> Let's so. add to the chaos. Um, I was definitely in a better headspace. I'm trying to think how, how old was Ava when Emmy was born? Two, she was three. Three. She was about to turn she three. She was about to turn three, yeah. Yeah. So she was two. So. So it was not like a year. I guess that's two years. It'd be two years later, you got pregnant if she was almost three. I'm not good with numbers. I'm going to trust you on that. So. The simple math, though, I should be able to do it. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so. so yeah, two years later, it's time for another one. Well, the thing about it was it took us forever to get pregnant with Ava. And so we were like, well, let's just see what this is going to be like. Let, well, first of all, the first step was I had to come off the medicine. So I had to baby yeah, step down that, from that to see if I could even function without it. Because I was in such a, I felt like what I would say normal, quote unquote. Well, it wasn't the medicine you were nervous about coming off of. It was what you thought, I guess, the medicine and being pregnant or affecting you getting pregnant. I think you were. You were ha- being, having anxiety about that. Oh, I have anxiety about my to, anxiety. Yeah, it's, yeah, for so, sure, it's true. <laughs> so it was. It's kind of a catch twenty two. You come off your medicine to get pregnant, but at the same time, you need the medicine so you can relax and go through that process. Yeah. So I was. I didn't even know that I would. At that point, how how 
bad it had gotten for me. I didn't know that I would ever be able to come off the medicine. And so the doctor suggested just baby step your way back and then see how that goes. And it went really well. Like I was surprised. I remember telling you like I'm, I, I do feel, you know, better than I felt. And I feel like I'm maintaining well. And I remember trying to get pregnant with her. We had to do the ovulation test again. I don't think I had to take progesterone. I did take progesterone the second time. But either way, it did not take as long. <laughs> like, we found out we were pregnant again. And we found out around Christmas. Yep. Because we told – I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know terrible. if it was at Christmas. Yeah, my memory is shot. Well, we've had three babies. <laughs> so we're still it very much – It all blends in. Yeah, a lot of sleep deprivation over the years. And so she was supposed to be – the pregnancy was very easy. I was continuing because prior I had, you know, done a little bit of lifestyle changing. I got into the gym again. I was exercising and it was just overall – it felt healthier. I felt great. It was really good, really comfortable. And started, then – Started building the house. That's what um, – that's why my mind was so shot out. That was, yeah, another sh- another stressor. There's like, uh, there's like, I don't remember how many life stressors, like for a marriage. It's like having a baby, <laughs> building a house. And there's like one or two other things, but. Well, I'm too stubborn to build it how normal people do. So it was more hands-on. So he did it all himself is what he's trying to say. And it was a painstaking like process. It was just so, I don't know, for different reasons well, we and different had, variables. We it terrible was terrible weather for like four months and. We just got hit with a lot of rain, and it messed some stuff up, and had to replace some uh, some things, and it was just a pain in the butt. And I was trying to fund it, and uh, trying to pay all our bills, and live, <laughs> and do all the normal things of life, and build a house without borrowing money from the bank. So that was uh, that was a little stressful, and I don't. I don't talk about stress a lot. That's not something that uh, you ever talk about. <laughs> I've never really felt stressed. I, I think more recently I felt more stressed than I have in my entire life. But at that time, I just, you just kind of deal with it day by day. It's, you just figure it out. Well, not everybody has that attitude, but I'm really glad for you that you have that attitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the moms yeah. listening are probably, I mean, I'm sure some of them are figure outers, but yeah. It's you. We wouldn't work if I wasn't that. Well, no, no, you're right. We both be having a panic attack on the bedroom floor or something. Yeah. So Emmy was a scheduled C-section, but I really wanted to try to have a V-back. And she was scheduled for solar eclipse day. She ended up coming like six days early. I don't know, five days early. I woke you up that morning and I was like, I've been having cramps all night. I've been tracking them since early this morning. I was like, I really think that I'm in labor. I think I'm in labor, which was so weird because I really had planned I not settled and I was totally at peace with having this C-section. Like at the very end, I got like I was at peace about it. And then it's like I go into labor and I remember we had, I think we already had the bags packed mostly. And then we finished doing that. We took Ava to preschool and we dropped her off. <laughs> He's like his I facial expression. I remember that. not remember I cried because that was not like, okay, mamas, if you've got a second or even a third, it's like I had plans for like those last few days, you know, like you think you have this time before your next baby's coming and 
then it was like, bam, it was like cut short. And that was not how I wanted to be, not how I thought it was going to go down. And I'm like walking her into preschool that day. And I just remember leaving her and I'm like, I think I held my tears back until I got back in the car. But I'm like, this is it. Like she will, the next time I see her, she will not be my our only baby. And it was for some reason just so hard for me. And I think the moms out there, they will relate to that. But I just remember leaving her and being like, I love you. And knowing that I'm about to go have her baby sister. And she didn't know, but obviously she was two at the time. Well, we didn't know, you know, what was really going to happen because you were supposed to have a C-section and well, know, yeah, we the did. doctor didn't really want to do a VBAC. Well, he said that if she came earlier that, yeah. and he was going to monitor me very time, closely. You know, he, there's scenarios that, you know, it could not be good for you to do that. Right. Well, mama's listening. They, I'm sure they know about that too, but just do your research, talk to your OB, make the best decision for you and go with what you and your partner decide together, what you feel like is best. But I remember him. He's so hilarious. He, he was like in another county and he's like, you want me to come over and do the C-section at lunch? And I'm like, no, sir. I think I'm going to try to labor and see how this goes. And so long story short, I labored not as long. I did end up getting an epidural and, um, pushed her I, out. I said, well, I was like, I think my water broke. And you were like, I don't, are you sure? And you like checked and looked or whatever. And you're like, I don't, I, th- I don't think your water broke. And the nurse comes in and she's like, her head is right oh, there. Yeah. The doctor is not here yet. Yep. You have to wait a second. Yep. And I had an epidural, so I couldn't really totally feel like I didn't have the urge to push, but I just sat, I think straight up in the bed. I don't remember. But anyways, yeah, it was like a couple pushes. I and, was ready to deliver. And she was there and we have the sweetest little picture of, and we have pictures of you with Ava too afterward, but in the, in the, um, what's it called? Recovery room, your regular room, whatever it is. Yeah. But we have the sweetest pictures of you with, uh, Emmy being born and <laughs> it's like, she just, there she was. Yeah. It was, it was a really surreal experience, I would say. Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get back home and you at some point decide or tell me that you're oh i was about to be finished with the house yeah i was like a month away from being done and what was i supposed to do with a newborn and toddler pack up the house (laughs) yeah like no big deal (laughs) come on like get with it pack up this whole house what are you waiting on so we can move move out move in okay we're gonna pause the conversation right there for just a minute Come back on Thursday for part two. We'll finish out the conversation. We talk about a lot of different things. Hopefully this was helpful, if not only for the fact of just getting to hear us have an open, honest conversation about our lives, what we've been through, which looking back has been quite a lot, a lot of transitions, a lot of changes, a lot of ups and downs, but here we are. So make sure you come back on Thursday where we will wrap up part two of this Father's Day interview. Before you go, if this show has encouraged or inspired you in any way, the number one way you can help me is to leave a written review, letting other moms know how this podcast is impacting your life and motherhood. Then send this episode to some mom friends. Thank you for joining me in the mission of spreading messages just like this one to moms around the world. If you're looking for a community of like-minded mamas to come alongside you, support, and encourage you, 
Join our Facebook group by searching Her Pursuit or by clicking the link in the show notes. Come share with us what you're taking away from this episode, what stuck out to you. I can't wait to hear from you. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey with me, and I'll see you next time, Mama.